You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. the greatest evidence of Christianity is? True Christianity. I'm talking true Christianity. The greatest evidence. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You let that sink in. Listen, it hit me fresh. Not how many verses you can quote. Not how sound your theology is. That's important. That's not the greatest thing. If you've spent any amount of time in this world, you know that love is hard. There's a lot of people, believers or not, who are hard to love. They may have completely different political views. They may be a part of another religion or diehard atheists. They may even be your enemy, bent on your destruction. Yet as Pastor Danny challenges us in today's message, if you're following Christ, you're called to love each and every one of those people. Otherwise, you're following someone else altogether. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 John chapter 2 with today's edition of The Living Word. Isaiah said chapter 7, one of his names will be Emmanuel, which is God with us. That's not the greatest mind blower to me. Go back to 1 John chapter 2, verse 8. Yet I'm writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and you. There's the mind blower. And you. Because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. I'll tell you what I think that means in just a second. Jesus said about us, here's what he said, you are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. What an amazing thing that we have the privilege of letting the world see what God is like in living breathing flesh. We're not talking about sinless perfection, but if we are being conformed into his image, if we're walking as he did, what does that mean? It means we walk in love. The darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Practically speaking, I'm convinced. I'm convinced of what that means. You're the light of the world. And we give evidence And we, by our very lives, are meant to point to a day, listen, a day, chew on this one, a day when we will live in a world, there is nothing in that world but love. There are no arguments, there are no divisions, there's no racism, there are no denominations, there are no political parties, nobody will ever get in a fight, nobody will ever hate anybody. Nobody will ever not like somebody. Hey, come on. If you were to raise your hand, if I were to say, is there anybody around even in the church that you don't really like? Oh, you love them, but you don't like them. We're going to live in a world that's absolutely, completely filled with love, and there won't be anything else. It's all love. That's what that verse has to mean. The darkness is passing, the darkness of this present world, where there's such a lack of love. And we're the light. You're the light of the world. And we give evidence that there's going to be a day when there'll be nothing but love in the world we'll live in. That's just, I I just can't get over it. I can't get over it. 1 John 3, 2, one of the first verses I memorized as a young Christian. Brethren, we don't know what we shall be, but when he appears, we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 
We're going to be like him. Now, we'll never be God. Don't misunderstand that. We'll never be God. There's only one God. (laughs) But we're going to be like God in love and character. We're going to get new bodies. We're going to deal with sin anymore. It's just going to be absolutely incredible. We're going to be like Jesus. You know what the greatest evidence of Christianity is? True Christianity. I'm talking true Christianity. The greatest evidence. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You let that sink in. Listen, it hit me fresh. Not how many verses you can quote. Not how sound your theology is. That's important. That's not the greatest thing. Not how big the church is. Not how nice the building is. It's not what God says is the greatest witness. No, the greatest evidence of true Christianity is this right here, right here. That's it. Now, in the closing few moments, let's dissect Jesus and his personification of love. And here are some items that I've come up with biblically. First of all, full of compassion and mercy. Matthew 9 says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Let me tell you something. That is more than a warm, fuzzy feeling. That's not biblical uh, to, to just say, oh, I feel for you. Oh, I feel so bad about your situation. Psalm 116, verse 5 says, the Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. James said, the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Now, I want you to go back with me for just a minute to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Remember, a few minutes ago, we read from it. Expert in the law comes to Jesus. What must I do to inherit eternal life? What's written in the law? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, etc., and love your neighbor as yourself. But then you pick it up. That's not the end of the, the encounter. You pick it up, verse 29. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? In reply said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, implying it's a Jewish man. When he fell into the hands of robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest, a Jewish priest, happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. You would think the guy that's going to stop and help the dude is the priest. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side, but a Samaritan, most least likely person, because Samaritans and Jews had no dealings with one another in this culture. As he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers. And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus said, go and do likewise. Here's a guy who knows his Bible backwards and forward. Here's a guy who's even come to the place, he understands the two greatest commandments, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The only problem is, and that's the implication Jesus has, he's not living it out. As religious as it is, and as much as he knows, he's not saved because there's no action. There's no action. It's not a warm, fuzzy feeling. It might involve feeling, but after the feeling, you do something. I do something. 
we do something. His love is inviting, welcoming. I thought of how to say this. I don't know a better way to say it. Maybe you'll write me afterwards and tell me a better way to say it. Even Jesus' own critics, here's what they said about him. He's a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Oh, God, I want to be more like Jesus in this regard. It's not compromise, but listen, the adulterer was welcomed by Jesus. The prostitute was welcomed by Jesus. The people that felt the most uncomfortable around Jesus were the religious crowd. He was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Oh my God, how I want more when I encounter people out in the world, the drunkards, the drug addicts, the prostitutes. I want to be inviting. I want to be welcoming in a godly way, in a loving way. I know you do too. Oh man, I want to be more like Jesus. A friend. What a thing to, what a thing to be accused of. I pray the religious crowd around here accuses us of being a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Matter of fact, we kind of, we need to go further, but we kind of already are. It's amazing how many churches refer people to us because they don't want to deal with them. That's the truth. We'll go over to Calvary Chapel. They'll help you. It's actually a shame, isn't it? Completely humble. Completely humble. You remember the story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet you remember how that story opens? Here's how it opens. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. And then it tells us he went and girded himself with the towel, he took the, 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 the water, and he stooped down, the king of kings and the lord of lords. The one that one day every tongue will confess and every knee will bow, and believer and unbeliever and say, he... He's the king of kings and lord of lords. And two of those feet he washed were the most stinky of all of them, Judas's. You talk about humility. The king of kings and lord of lords. He showed them the full extent of his love. He's completely humble. I've met some people in the church and they're like, well, yeah, I understand. I don't do windows. No, you don't understand. See, I got talent. I can be up here. I can play. I can sing. You know, you don't want me, you don't want me cleaning the restrooms, do you? No, uh, people will be missing out. That's exactly where you need to start, cleaning the restroom. Ephesians 4.2 says, be completely humble. And if we're going to be like him, that's it. Nothing beneath us. But let me throw you the curve. Here's the curve. God's love is confrontational. Confrontational. We're so blessed to be able to share the Word of God with you on each new edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our valued listening audience. Pastor Danny will continue his study in 1 John next time, so we hope you'll join us again. We'd like to take a moment and ask you to consider partnering with us as we continue to share the gospel of salvation with the world. Would you join us in praying for the listeners of The Living Word? Pray that God would touch each person with His love and open their hearts to the truth of His Word. Please pray also for us. We want to continue following God's plan for this program, no matter where He asks us to go. We know the power of prayer, and we appreciate you doing this for us. Would you also ask the Lord about contributing financially to the living word? 
This program is professionally produced to provide the best quality messages possible so as not to distract from God's truth. That does incur some costs, however. So if you feel led to give, visit our website at ccfstpete.church and click on the online giving guide under Forms. Any and all amounts are greatly appreciated and will be used to share the good news of Jesus' love for the world. Thanks for praying about this. That website once more is ccfstpete.church. Thanks for being a part of our time here today on The Living Word.